0: Hey, dads, I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, and this is the Beatitudes podcast, where we take a look at the eight ways to be an awesome dad that Jesus gave us through the Beatitudes. That's based on my book of the same name, The Beatitudes: Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. You know, we are concluding our look at the Bedatitude, blessed are the dads who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And we talked in the other videos about how righteousness is really about holiness. It's about presence, about inviting God to be part of our lives and to lead us and guide us in everything that we do. Um, Last time we talked about righteousness in terms of our relationship with our wife. Uh, And this time I really want to focus on our relationship with our kids and how can we convey righteousness to them. How do we raise holy kids is really what hungering and thirsting for righteousness in our relationship with our children is all about. Helping them to be everything that God created them to be. Dads play an absolutely critical role. Role in this, uh, in raising godly kids, kids who can stand up to the culture, even in extreme situations. There's a book uh, by Samuel and Pearl Alliner, who are two sociologists, and they did a book called The Altruistic Personality several years ago. And the book talks about their study, where they wanted to understand why, during the Second World War, some Germans um, collaborated with the Nazis in rounding up Jews. Others were bystanders and didn't do anything versus the families or the, the, the individuals who were rescuers of the Jews. Uh, and they looked at all the different socioeconomic uh, criteria that separated, that distinguished these families. Um, and they separated them from the three groups of collaborators, bystanders, and rescuers. And they were looking at, well, what were the qualities that led to the likelihood that a, that a determined during World War II would be a rescuer? Well, they found um, that it didn't matter what church the families went to. It didn't matter what socioeconomic status they were involved in, what political group they belonged to. Uh, it didn't matter whether they were conservative or liberal or whatever. The thing that mattered had to do most with family life, and in particular, with fathers. Um, it turns out that the children who were raised in households where the fathers were responsible for both uh, faith formation. And who were gentle disciplinarians in the home were most likely to raise children who were godly, courageous rescuers, who were able to stand up at great personal risk to themselves uh, and defy the Nazis and rescue Jews. And what do these two things have to do? Well, so the reason that fathers play such an important role in raising faithful kids is that moms... Um, have a well, think about it this way, right in, in terms of packing our kids' lunch to go to school. Moms pack the kid's faith lunch, right? They make sure that the kids you know have some kind of a faith life. But it's dad's job to make sure the kid takes their lunch to school. right? In other words, mom is responsible for the kid's perception of faith as a personal thing you know that, that my faith is is meaningful and personal because it was it was important to my mom but dad as the first other models what faith looks like in the world right for the first year or so the child doesn't see himself as separate from the mom mom and me are the same psychologically speaking the child just sees mom as an extension of himself, just like they see an arm. Their arm is an extension of themselves or their legs is an extension of themselves. Mom is part of me. And I'm part of And it makes sense because that child grew inside of mom for nine months. Right. So as it makes sense for that child to continue to see him or herself as, as just part of mom and mom, part of me, dad is first other. He's the first, not me. And so he represents the world to the child. And so when dad is, faithful, when dad takes the lead in in family prayer, in talking about the faith at home, not lecturing, but, but sharing his own faith experience and the ways God has been present to us as dads. That means a lot to our kids because it says that faith isn't just a personal thing. Faith is something that we live out loud in the world. Dads teach that. Um, and and because of that, dads teach kids ultimately how to stand up to the culture. Um, and, and, and that's what the gentle discipline piece, by the way, comes in into they, they, the Alliners found that when dads had very heavy handed approaches to discipline, they taught their kids to obey the authority without asking without questioning. And so collaborators and bystanders were bystanders were much more likely to just do what the Nazis told them to do because the Nazis were in charge and they were the authority and they were raised to not question authority. Children who were raised in households where there was gentle discipline, where the fathers took the lead in gentle discipline, modeled for their kids what healthy authority looked like. And, and and how to push back against unhealthy expressions of authority. And so that's what discipleship discipline enables us as fathers to do, raise truly godly kids who can be courageous in standing up to the culture because we teach our kids how to question authority respectfully and how to tell the difference between legitimate and illegitimate authority based on whether it's actually working for the good of everyone involved or not which is another part of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, right? As we teach our kids how to be good and to uh, work for each other's ultimate good in the family, we're cultivating that that righteousness. Well, in the book, I also talk about four ways that dads can cultivate righteousness with our kids. And the first one is to teach our kids to pray. You know, Building off the idea that, that fathers taking the lead in faith formation is critical to raising godly kids we need to give our kids lots of opportunities to just go to God directly and, and, and pray. And they're not going to do that on their own. They, they need our help to do it. So when our kids come to us and they have a great day, you know, and they tell us about it, first, we empathize with them, right? Like we were talking about with Blessed are the Dads Who Mourn. First, we, we, we empathize and share our feelings. And I'm so proud of you. That's so exciting. I'm, that's awesome that that happened. Let's just take a second to praise God for that. Lord, thank you. For this wonderful opportunity you've given my child. Thank you for the success that they've been able to have. Thank you for letting them be able to use their gifts and, and enjoy themselves in this way. You know, when they come to you and they're sad and struggling, you know, um, and, and, and empathize with them first. You know, I'm so sorry you went through that. That's awful. I, I My heart's breaking right now. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Let's take that to God. Lord, please just bless my child and, and let them know your comfort and let them know you love them and help lead them through it and help me be the dad that they need me to be in this time so that I can help support them and love them through this too. Amen. I mean, it's, it's a 15 second thing, right? But, but you're modeling that, that, that ongoing prayer and modeling that God cares about their lives. As they get older and they, they are, they're used to you doing that, you can prompt them. You know, hey, I'm so sorry that happened to you today. That's awful. Hey, why don't we take a minute to to pray about that? Why, Why don't you lead? Oh, okay. And then they're able to do it. Hey, that's wonderful that that happened to you. I'm so glad you had that opportunity. God really showed up for you. Let's take a second to praise him for it. Why don't you lead this time? And we're teaching them how to pray, teaching them to go to God with their struggles and with their successes so that they can hunger and thirst for the righteousness that God has for them. Secondly, challenge them to raise the bar. Right? In any situation, um, social psychology teaches us that the environment it always goes to the least common denominator. The, 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 the tone of the conversation, the, the interactions always de- devolve to the least mature person in the group. Um, that is what naturally happens, but we can actually challenge that and teach and, and encourage our kids and say, Hey, look, you know what? I'm proud of you, but I want, when you go out there with your friends, I want to make sure that you're the leader, you know, that you're really raising the bar, that, that you're looking for, that you're the one who's, who's, you know, Use being careful about your language, that you're the one who's always taking care of others and and making sure that, that that everybody's needs are being met and everybody gets their turn and everybody feels taken care of. What do we need to do to make sure that that happens here? You know, how can I help you talk through? You know, so you're not lecturing them. You're talking them through. Okay, when you go there, how can you be the leader? How can you be that person who's making sure that you're raising the bar? What do we need to do about that? That's teaching them the hunger and thirst for justice and righteousness wherever they are and, and to be that leader who is setting the bar as that godly young man or young woman. Thirdly, teaching them their mission. And we've talked about this a lot. The idea of, of what are the qualities that they want to be known for? You know? And you kind of pick this up just in your conversations with them, you know, in, your, in your interactions with them. And then you hold up a mirror to them, right? So for example, you know, let's say that they're behaving poorly and instead of just yelling at them, right, instead of just lowering the boom on a punishment or something, you, you, you go to them and say, Hey, listen, you know, you've told me that, that it's important to you to be a loving person, or I've gathered from the way, you know, from the, the things that I think are important to you and the things that you've said to me that you want to be a loving person. Is that, is that right? Well, yeah, well, you know, do you think that what you were doing right there with your brother was, was loving? No, but well, no, no, I, I we'll get to that part next. But, but, but do you think that your response to him was loving? No. Okay. Well, you know, how could you lovingly tell him that he was bothering you? Or how could you lovingly ask for your return? Or how could you lovingly set that boundary that you need to set with him? And, the, and you're able to can kind I of give that child a sense of mission by helping him reflect on the virtues that are missing from that situation from, from always being mindful of who he wants to be and how his actions either help him be that person or hinder his ability to be that person. Just those little discussions, those little interactions where we hold up the mirror of virtue and ask them to reflect on their behavior in light of that mirror is, is an important way that we convey, a hunger and thirst for righteousness through discipleship discipline. Finally, encouraging our kids' charisms. You know, God has given us everything he's given us with the intention of using it to work for the good of another person, for the good of others. And so when our kids are doing good things, first we build that up. We build up their opportunities to, to do whatever, to, to follow their interests, to pursue their passions, to uh, practice their gifts. But we also want to be mindful that it's not just those gifts aren't for them, right? Uh, you know, we, we want to ask the question, you know, how could you use that skill to, to be a blessing to others or point out when they are, you know, I'm so, when you played that song, it just really blessed my heart. You know, I got, I'm so grateful that God gave you that gift of music because when I hear you play, it makes me happy. You know, um, I'm so glad that God has given you that, that ability for sports, because when I see you out there on the field, it really just makes me happy to see how you're what a good sportsman you are, you know, uh, what a good leader you are on your team, how you're always raising the bar, you know, and give examples of that. Right. So you're encouraging their charisms by teaching them that the gifts they have, the talents they have, the interests they have aren't just for their benefit. They're for others. And so we're looking for ways both directly to teach them how to use their gifts and talents and abilities to bless others and pointing out the times when they have blessed others unconsciously in the way that they uh, exercise their gifts and talents and abilities. These four things, you know, praying with our kids, teaching them to raise the bar, helping them discover their mission, helping them to express their charisms, uh, are four ways that we as Catholic fathers can take up the call to hunger and thirst for righteousness in our families and raise kids who know how to hunger and thirst for righteousness too. how to raise kids to hunger and thirst to become everything that God created them to be first by going to the, going to him and asking him what that means. And then by looking for ways to really be a blessing to others in everything that they do. Of course, we talk more about all the things that I've been sharing with you here in this podcast in my book, The Beat Attitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. You can check that out. But I also invite you to share your reflections, your questions, your comments and insights uh, on the Catholic Home app. If you haven't downloaded it, check it out. If you haven't become a premium member, I'd love to have you as part of that community. Every day we handle uh, my whole team of pastoral counselors and coaches, respond to questions from dads just like you. Uh, and we have a great conversation every day there on, on how to live all this stuff out and more. So check it out. A premium subscription to Catholic HOM that stands for Households on Mission. You can download the app on your Google Play or Apple Store or get it at CatholicHOM.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the attitudes. I hope you have a blessed, blessed day.